Are we recording? No, too much, too much, too much, too much. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Ducks Watch Together. I'm Josh, and I'm Kylie. And on today's episode, we talk about Missing Link. We might be the only people talking about Missing Link. Sure, we're the only ones who saw it. Yeah, I was in an empty theater. I eventually was not, but when I walked in at two minutes to showtime, empty. And then right after the first trailer started, Mm -hmm. a guy walks in, very loudly walks in, like just talking to himself. Great, fine, all right, fair enough. And decides to sit, so we're at the bar, and then um, guy decides to sit right behind us. Like when we went to silence. Yeah. No. <laughs> so we, and like, can we move? And I was like, yeah, totally. So we get up and we go move to the Kylie row. And he followed. No. As we're moving, <laughs> he says, you guys don't have to move. And we're like, we just didn't respond because like, we're like, well, we're already moving. We're like, it's fine. Um, he then, after we sits down, gets up and goes sit exactly where we were sitting. And I was like, great. Like, was this some weird plan you had of some kind? He then proceeds to be the person in the movie who every time he found something funny would just repeat the line out loud. Theater comedic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So. Uh, But then eventually four other couples came in. Like one family, but that family definitely left like ten minutes into the movie. Why? I don't know, but they did. Maybe they had littles that were not all into the to the dynamic duo of Zach Galifianakis and Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that was my theater experience of seeing The Missing Link. I was alone. Yeah, this movie, I, I haven't looked this morning, but the tracking that I saw based on its Friday estimates, this movie's estimated to make less than $6 million in this weekend. Like... No one's seeing this movie. We gotta go see Hellboy. That's also not doing as well as... <laughs> we, also, we gotta go see Little. 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 That's the one. That's the one that's gonna come in a surprise second behind Shazam. You seem... Distraught. I don't know. I just don't know what to think of this movie. Okay. It's... I got some thoughts. Okay, great. Um, In Query of the Half Squared Fortnite okay, Time. Okay, let's start there. Kylie, in this film, Hugh Jackman plays a, for lack of a better word, kind colonizer. That's pretty much what he is. And in in some other terms, he's also played a kind colonizer in other films, such as The Greatest Showman. Not a colonizer, he's American, but pretty much like, ah, I'm gonna take over the world. White guy with power. And I really don't want Hugh Jackman to get stuck in this role of what I'm going to call kind of colonizer. So Kylie, I have, we're going we're gonna to turn our imaginations on. Here we go. We're going to turn those imagination switches on. Click. There they are. What role, what should Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman do next? Whatever he wants to. What does he want to do though? I don't know. Kylie. I, just, I probably think he just wants to like sing and dance. Right? Yeah. He's gonna be in the Music Man revival on... Which, again, is a white guy coming to town and being like, I got a a thing to sell you here. Uh, Hugh. I really want you to do something else. Like, guys, sing and dance all you want, but maybe not that. I've been thinking about this since I saw the movie a very long time ago. I haven't. I know. I'm just like, Hugh Jackman. What are, your, what are your thoughts on Hugh Jackman? Do you like Hugh Jackman? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. like, I only like, know him in two roles. I mean, there's P.T. Barnum, but I, that film uh, lights itself on fire in the first six seconds. And then just sings and dances for an hour and a half. Yeah. I lose him in it all. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, what are the two roles you, okay, Wolverine? Mm-hmm. And what? The Prestige. Oh, the Prestige. Okay, all right. Well, well, let's go. Let's go hang out with Christopher Nolan again. Yeah. Sure. Why not? We'll get Chrissy N. to write up. Uh, maybe not write, but we'll drum up a script somehow with his yeah. brother. 
Um, about cars. Oh, okay. <laughs> about cars. Yeah. About talking cars? Nope, nope, oh, okay, nope, okay, nope, okay. Nope, nope, nope. About a man who loves his cars to an extent that it's an obsession for him, and it drives his family into bankruptcy, but he has to overcome this financial <laughs> bankruptcy through having to give away his cars. All right. <laughs> I like this. Good pitch. <laughs> Solid. I'm on board. Book it. I like, because it's Nolan, like, there might be some, like, nightmare things happening, but, like, it's whatever. As in talking cars? Will you stop? Okay, sorry. <laughs> Josh, Cars Being Alive has never worked out well. One, the Cars trilogy. Two, Christy. Three, Kit. <laughs> Knight Rider. Okay, but what was wrong with Knight Rider? Like... It's boring. Okay, fair enough. I mean, you know... <laughs> The 80s might disagree with you, but they're they are long gone by this point. Yeah, listen, the 80s did a lot of things wrong. They could be wrong about this also. I mean, fair. They made David Hasselhoff a star. Gosh. And Germany just was all behind that for yeah. so long. Well, you know, gotta take care of their <laughs> native son? <laughs> Maybe? Maybe, like, he's from Germany at some point? He was, he was there when the Berlin Wall fell. He was. <laughs> He really he was. Sang. Maybe this is what I want. Maybe what I actually want is Hugh Jackman cast in the David Hasselhoff musical. Like the musical of David Hasselhoff's life. And then we can get the Cars element in there during the Knight Rider song. No, that's not what I want. That's not actually what I want. My thought no, was... No, it's too late. If you oh. want to answer the inquiry of the half okay, or fine. Not, you yeah. can do so at so many places. Or, I, you know, I just, like, he needs, like, a director. I want him to work with a director who has a firm grasp on the situation of life. And I'm not yeah. saying Leica doesn't have a firm grasp. This film... They lost, they lose their grip a little bit, yes. I think. But, uh, I, uh, I just, I think he needs to work with an auteur, <laughs> as it were. No, not, <laughs> like, get Steely Babes, get Nolan, get Danny Boyle, get the lady who does things. Okay. Get the other lady who also does things. The other lady who also does things. One's name is Deborah. Granick. And one of them, his last name is Ramsey. Lynn. Lynn. I had Leah, and I was like, that's not right. It was close. Lynn. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I don't know, like, uh, and I think that after, like, his time as Wolverine, he's like, I got all the money in the world, baby, I don't have to do anything anymore. He doesn't, he just does what he wants. (laughs) And so he's like, and so, like, let's just get him... Someone who's cool and not named Quentin Tarantino, and we'll just, we'll make a film. So I know that this is a bold pitch coming from me. You're gonna make a musical. I'm not gonna make a musical. What are you doing? I mean, unless the musical is directed by who I want. Because I was on board with, like, give him a good director. Because Paddington I think that's funny. 3. Paddington 3, he's the villain with Paul King. It's amazing. <laughs> Book that right now. It's better than any idea that I had. Done. Book it. We're going to, like, good old Australian villains coming to London. It's going to be a bonkers time. Isn't that what we did in the first one, though? Yeah, but she wasn't actually Australian there. She was using her British accent. Like, this is going to be like, Crocodile (laughs) Dundee comes to Paddington. It's going to be great. But he's not like, like, she's kind of a mean villain. She is. And, like, you... Grant is like, like he's gonna murder you, but like with the song and tap. With yeah, it. yeah. And like that's the kind of villain I need in Paddington. Not like she's going to murder, stuff him, stuff him and yeah. then display your corpse for the world. I just want to turn you into corduroy. Yeah. Like I don't need that. Yeah. No. What I need is like la la la, kill you for a storybook. La 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 la, with like lots of costume changes. Uh-huh. So my thought was. <laughs> I want him to work with, shockingly enough, the Coen brothers. Because I agree with you that he needs a good directing team. And I like that, like, he wants to do musicals. He wants to do song and dance. And, like, I would love to like see Like a the... Lewin Davis style kind of musical-esque thing? Or even further? I was gonna even go, like, I would love the Coens to... Oh, brother, where art thou? To keep going down that and attack, like, a classic 40s 
MGM Hollywood musical and like take their take on it and use Hugh Jackman as their like kind of buffoonery lead in almost that George Clooney-esque way but really explore what the musical is and does and the only way that they can you know use their nihilistic traits and properties within this this thing that is usually such big and broad a musical it could be really fun so like Hail Caesar but more? Yes. So like Hail Caesar, but more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, Hail Caesar, but not secretly about God? That's what they're all about, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Some more secret than others. You know what I found out the other day? What? Like, which kind of surprised me. Which I don't know, like, why it surprised I guess the reason, because there's like a thousand of them. But like, horror remakes, in the grand scheme of it all, they okay. don't make a ton of money. Like, they're not, like, these bombastic, like, punch-out punch movies. They're, like, in the 50s, 60s of yeah. making money. And I was like, huh, why do we keep doing it then? Maybe, I mean, like, I mean, like, I guess I shouldn't say, like, let's kill middle class and film again, because... <laughs> I mean, they, they make money in the profit margin, mm -hmm. is the true story. They're made for less than, usually less than $20 million, mm -hmm. you know, if not less than 10 at some point, I, and then they make 40 to 50 The most that they probably have to pay on those is to get the rights to yeah. remake the film and things, and if yeah. the studio owns the rights and blah, 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 blah. Um, but, like, Pet Cemetery, I mean, it's not it's not doing baller. It's got 41000 but even, like, the Evil Dead 2013 film yeah. remake... 13? Thing? Early 13, yeah. And, well, uh, my, my thing wasn't the year. My sorry, question, I was doing 13 or 12, sorry. My question was, is it a, 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 a remake? A thing? A film? <laughs> a a reimagining? Sequel? <laughs> yeah, so that's my question. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Uh, like, it's made the same, like, it's doing the same pretty much as that did. And well, and Pet Cemetery just seems to be... Stephen King is hot again, mm -hmm. so like, let's do and let's get those back in here. And it it was one of the ones that like made ballers amount of money, yeah. but like all the rest of them, they're just kind of like low balling. And so I was like, there's so many. Why do we what community property makes they are been around the superhero model to that like smaller level. Yeah. It's also like it's it's in general to that Western. there's a genre fan base and as long as that genre fan base stays at a profitable level, they will continue to make profitable movies at that level. And that's the reason why I mean not the sole reason, but one of the reasons why the quote unquote middle class of movies is dying is because that fan base for drama and comedy and that middle class like quote unquote adult cinema has left and gone to streaming and television and Netflix. There's not a lot of reason to go out and see a Room or something along those lines. Or even like a Green Book, which didn't make a lot of money either. Or, you know, If Bill Street Could Talk, Moonlight, all of these like really heavy dramas that are not making a lot of money because you can get something similar at home. And I think that's where, so part of you that. You can get that in television. Yes. Easily. And part of the genre being alive still, musicals still make a lot of money. Horror movies make a lot of money based on their budgets, you know, is because you're not getting that quality storytelling streamed straight to you. Worldwide, Green Book did pretty gangbusters. Did it? 308 million. Shut your face. On a 23 million dollar budget. Shut your freaking face. Uh, foreign market was. All in on Green Book. What did it do domestically? Eighty-four million. Okay, all right. I get that was that was around where I thought because it was around for so long. Okay. What the? What is the world doing? Sorry, Josh. It's okay. I'm not the world. I'm not yelling at you. It was just an, an angry question. Apparently, You're yelling towards me. All right, friends, if you want to answer the inquiry of the half-squared Fortnite, what should Hugh Jackman do with his career next? You can do so at friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Leave us a five-star review or any star review, as well as hit that subscribe button. That was a good missing link sound. Oh, Shangri-La. Yes, of course. Uh-huh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's not what they call it, Josh. It's not. It's spoiled in the trailer. It's a true story.
You can also find us on Facebook at Friend of a Friend Podcast. And now on with the show. Okay, hot take. Yeah? I was bored. <laughs> I've been Josh. I'm Kylie. Quack, quack, quack. quack, quack. <laughs> so I was really hoping that, like, the internet would be on my side. Uh-huh. Guess what? The internet's not on my no. side. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if you're on my side, but I stand here. You, you're standing a board legend? Yeah. Okay, I'll say so. Here at home, let's just talk. I'll compare this film to a thing called Cotton Candy. Like, okay. You know, like, you take your first bite, you're like, hmm, this is pretty good. You take your second bite, you're mm, pretty good. Uh, you know, around the 60-minute mark, you're kind of like, yeah, I see where this has been I've going. still got so, so much, much left. left. I agree. Um, <laughs> All right, I've been Kylie. It, the film, so expectations for Missing Link for me were fairly low. Not that I was thinking it was going to be bad. I just you at one point said this was your most anticipated animated film because it was from Laika. Well, it went down after I saw some trailers. <laughs> oh, I went down after I saw Laika. Yeah, I'm still here, Josh. I'm still here, standing on the precipice of it all, hanging out with spies in disguise. Because there are spies. In disguise. In disguise. I did not get a Spies in Disguise trailer. I did. I, I cheered <laughs> in my empty theater. Um, uh, I also got Abominable. Yeah, I got Abominable. I mean, like, I'm not, like, poofing that away. I'm kind of like, okay, I show want, me what you got. I want a second trailer without that stupid song. And then I might be on I might, I might. <laughs> The dog's journey home song. Yeah, but it's... it's uh, so wake me up when it's all over. It doesn't fit blah, abominable. Blah, 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 blah. It fits everything, Josh. You could have played yes, that Hollywood in this... Yes, Hollywood thinks so. You could have played that in this song. Yeah, I know. You could have. Maybe that's why this movie didn't do well, because they did Me and Julio down by the schoolyard in the trailer. Yeah, but I like that song. Yeah, well, it appealed to you. And you were the only one who went and saw. Me and Maya era were here. <laughs> I have a little bit of a theory on why I think this film is failing. Um, but it ties into more of an overall theory with Laika that I'm going to get into when we do our next episode a little bit on some elements. But I don't think Laika appeals out to a broad audience as a studio. I think they appeal to a very limited, narrow set of people. And it's not a family audience. And so this movie, I think, is a victim of that. Uh, if you want more of that, I'll get into that on, my, on the Leica episode a little bit there. But Spoilers. There you go. Um, Missing Link was fine. Like, I don't hate this movie. It was, it was purely serviceable. I, I will say up front, because I like starting, if I can, about something that I enjoy about a movie. The animation's great. I really love the stop motion that they use here. I the it's very smooth, it's very fluid. I don't think it's their best animation. I don't think it's as imaginative as something like a Kubo or a Paranorman even, but I do think that it's done really well and I loved watching this movie. It was just the characters themselves didn't didn't grab me in any sort of interesting way. Didn't really try to... They weren't engaging. And and, and when I, we start out with Lionel Frost, I think is his name, the Hugh Jackman character, the adventurer, and he's literally going into the Adventurer's Club, or whatever this place is called, and maybe this film hurt because I had literally watched... Oh, did, did you understand that scene? Because I didn't... <laughs> when Which I was, scene? When he goes to the Adventurer's Club. I was oh, like, yes. So, twofold. Yes. Twofold's why. Yeah. One, these people are mean. Yeah. Also, why Why do you want to be in a club with uh, Hulk Hogan? Two... Fair. <laughs> like, there were just moments where, like, they would flash to Lionel Frost and, like, the background would be, like, a bright red. And I was yeah. like, am I supposed to be afraid of this guy? Am I supposed to be on his side? Or am I supposed to be like, whoa, bro, take a chill pill? Like, yeah. how am I, how was I supposed to interact? So I was watching it and I was like, I, I don't understand. And they're trying to set up this journey for him from being, like, selfish white man to slightly less That's selfish like, white man. Yeah, it's kind of like... Green Book, in a way. Oh. Where we have a guy okay, uh -huh. who's not very interesting right? and sucks. Yes. And he goes and finds another guy. Who's more interesting. interesting but we don't focus on him. No, and yeah. And we take him on a journey. Yeah. 
And then we're, we end racism. Are we saying that... We fixed it! Missing Link is <laughs> like Green Book if the technical skill of making the movie was good? Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Solid. I mean, I like this more than Green Book, so take that for what it's worth. Well, that's what I was thinking as the end, the film ended. I but, was like, okay. So the beginning of this film with that scene in the Adventurers Club, I had literally just watched The Box Trolls 24 hours prior. I was like, oh, this is that scene. Like, the opening scene of Box Trolls is... The only difference is that Sorry, the hero. Snatcher is the villain going into the club, and this is our hero going into the club. But it is almost word for word the same scene in many areas. And so it just felt really not only rote for Laika, but just tired in general. The So to get in and out of this, this plot... I almost think, and I think we said similar things about Green Book also, not to just make this about Green Book, but like... But now I've planted the seed. But now you've planted the seed. You brought it up earlier, and I was like, I'm going to inception this. Ooh, there you go. Love it. <laughs> Love it. I think that's how I, exp I described it to Sulmana. I was like, so there's this character who's the main character, but there's another character who could be far more interesting. Yeah, take your pick of either side character. They're far more interesting. <laughs> than Sherlock Holmes. Listen, Lionel Frost is just like the Sherlock Holmesian character, and I'm like, I don't need this. I have a Sherlock Holmes. I got 50,000 of them. Yeah. There's so many of them. And like the... Uh, in David Ehrlich's review of this, he quotes the director talking about how this is a mix between Raiders of the Lost Ark, Meet Mighty Joe Young, and some other blah 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 film. And I'm like, why are you mixing three films together? Just make an independent film. And if you're going to make Raiders of the Lost Ark, make a charismatic character that we can yeah, lob onto. I agree with that. Because Raiders is, like, Indiana Jones is what I definitely felt. Like, to me, it, it felt like a cross of... Sherlock and Indiana Jones. That's what I felt like I was watching because he wasn't this like great smart all detective, but he was an adventurer he was and arrogant as he was Sherlock. arrogant as all get out. And so he was so cool. Did you see how cool he was at the opening scene? Okay. How cool he was. Can I tell you what he distracted was, me this whole time? He was so cool. Uh, his nose was so distracting to me during this movie because it's literally like this red triangle cool. and all I can't and it's really long and all I can think of was is like somebody was sculpting his nose and like how like delicately they had to like press it together to get that very fine tip and like they had to do this 17 million times because there's all these different heads probably and like and they had to delicately painstakingly put it on the face and I was like this is great and wonderful I love this artwork but all every time it was on screen I was like that nose yeah but did you see the guy that looked like a mosquito from Spyro <laughs> the guy who was hunting him who I was like Jackie Earl Haley no is that you no it's, it's no, the elephant it's, it's not but the, the <laughs> character design is Jackie Earl Haley yeah so if I make a movie I'm uh -huh. gonna get Jackie Earl Haley, who's gonna play a nice guy? Good, I'm I love it. Change it, yes. Up. And then maybe like, if he gives a bad performance, that'll forever just saddle him into villain roles. I mean, listen, in the Bad News Bears, he was a kind of a turned into a nice child. Listen, in Watchmen, he's the only one who has anything compelling about him. Fair enough. Uh, Zoe Saldana and Zach Galifianakis play. Mr. Link, the Sasquatch. Oh, Susan. And, oh, Susan. Susan, sorry, Susan. And uh, I don't know if I know what Zoe Solano's character's Adelina? name is. Adelina. They, I think if you want to make an Indiana Jones-type adventure movie crossed with whatever, Meet Joe Young and all of this other stuff, to put them at the center of your film Planes, would be... Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is the third Oh, one. okay, great. I see that, yes. Put them at the center of your film. Don't put the the typical character there because the more interesting arc of this film, and not to, I don't think it's very spoilery to this film, but I think, you, I'll try to say it non-spoilery. The Susan's arc, Mr. Link, the Sasquatch, is about trying to find where he belongs in the world, which is a very standard trope for children's film. But in the way that they set it up here, it's far more interesting and far more engaging than 
whatever Lionel Frost is doing. His trying to become a, a better man in the world. And if you just reframe this story even a little bit to be about Susan, then I think this works out so much better because we have a unique take on the things we've seen. At this point, we've just got a fine take at something we've already seen. Other other thought that I had on on Missing Link here, I didn't like his films I don't usually consider to be you know, those those four children's films, those children's films that are designs a lot of the dreamworks is or the blue skies just that they're they're trying to get the kids into the theater they're gonna make the the lowbrow joke and they're gonna bang into things and fall down and it's really juvenile i don't consider Leica to be that studio this film is kind of that it's fine at times and i don't i, I do laugh every now and again it's just not as witty and clever as their other things have been. It, this this, this is the first Leica film that I felt they rushed the script. Because that's the script is the weak part of this film. Got any, got any more thoughts here on Missing Link? <laughs> um, no, I, I just like... Yeah, what you're saying, everything just feels rushed. It feels lower brow. It's not very clever in a lot of things i think all the voice performances are really good yeah i agree with that um i thought that like with zoe saldana's character like there were some moments of it that like i was like i see what you're trying however however you're kind of deadpool toing it and what i mean by that is that they were like okay we're gonna make a stronger lady character and i'm like cool more independent great but then, like, what they do is they put her in a few situations where she's hanging off of a cliff in some ways. And she comments on it. Why am I always the one dangling? And I'm right. like, Laika. Yeah. It, I get it. I get that, like, you're doing this. Mm -hmm. But referencing that you're doing it doesn't fix the fact that you're still doing it over yeah. and over. Her character is more than just needing to be saved. However, they do do that thing, that trope of, like, we're gonna put this character in this situation and it'll be this character repeated through the film. Yeah. And it was just kind of like bland and I was like Ugh. Ugh. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I 100% I agree with you. I'm not sure if I could tell you outside of the characteristics of strong and brave and independent what characteristics that she has as a character. And Again, though, I I will I'll I'll say that to the bigger aspect of the film also. Yeah, about most of these characters. Yeah, though. they're fairly flat and one note characters. There's nothing except for Susan, you know. And so yeah, that's that's the frustrating thing. I I will say to try to. Did you like traveling to Washington? Yeah, good old Washington. <laughs> huh? Like is in the Pacific Northwest. Got a set of film there. I, I mean, I, that, I, to me, yeah. that's not the reason why they did it. I mean... It's because almost all Bigfoot sightings are no. in Portland, Washington, or British Columbia. Correct. That <laughs> is the reason they do it. But they're they're based in Portland, and so they've, tell, they've told... This has a section that's set in the Northwest. Coraline is set in Ashland, Oregon. Paranorman is set in the Northwest. Is it? Yeah. Um, that, that makes no sense. It's like a woodsy forest. That makes no sense. We didn't have the witch trials here. Yeah. It was know. over there. That's dumb. Like a, like a, figure it out. That's supposed to be on the East Coast. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh. Are they, what? Do they not understand basic history? Well, Crack maybe... open a textbook, bros. I could be wrong, <laughs> but I thought that's what I remembered it being said in the film. You understand my my concern here, though, I right? do. I understand, <laughs> yes. We gotta go to, like, Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, box Trolls, not set in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Kubo of the Two Strings. Set not... in <laughs> British Columbia. Downtown Seattle. Yeah. yeah. Let me play for you some origami. And then the people just keep walking They're by like, and don't notice. Drinking their Starbucks. No. The, yeah. No, they don't get Starbucks. Oh, sorry. Not in Seattle. It's so, true okay, story. So, they don't. So, like, 
It's I, an Earl Grey with lavender. <laughs> and it's from a very independent coffee shop. Or like they have a London Fog. They don't yeah. drink coffee. It's Earl Grey in some form. I was just saying that if you wanted to set the scene so that the rest of the world could understand it was Seattle, uh-huh. they were, they're drinking their Starbucks. Oh, no, the Space Needle will be behind Oh, yeah. He's at the Space Needle. Why is the Space Needle not just covered <laughs> with a coffee cup? And like a rain cloud over it. <laughs> I mean, at one point it had, like, Seattle colors, or not Seattle colors, Seahawk colors on it. True story. Because it was like, oh yeah, we're doing well for once. Yeah, good job, yeah, us. It's lost all its pride freaking. Yeah, you know, well. Josh, hockey yeah. team. When we get a hockey team. Did you hear? No. That there's bad, some rumored. Bad news bears. <laughs> there's a rumored name, and I am on board with it. Is it the duckies? <laughs> it's us. We're the mascots. <laughs> quack, quack, quack. Uh, apparently it's Kraken, the Seattle Kraken. Yes! And I'm like, if this is true, I am on board! We'll have hockey nights every <sighs> hockey night. Well, every time Seattle plays, we're going to give you a live podcast, everyone. Wow, look at this. Checks Twitter. <laughs> For 20 minutes. Hey, Kylie, remember when they had the puck that glowed across the screen? Yeah. Checks Facebook for a little bit more. There's no Kraken here. <laughs> Unleash the Kraken! That would have to be one of, the name of one of, like, their, like, like the Flying V. Yeah. They would uh-huh. need that kind They'd of thing. They'd need to unleash the Kraken. I was listening to someone talk about how the Flying V is highly illegal in hockey. How is it illegal? Uh, it's something about you're not allowed to barricade. It's something about not being a- allowing to, you to barricade the puck that way. I don't know. Oh. Also, like, there are some moments where I'm like, yeah, the Flying V doesn't work if you pass it back. And the per- first person crosses the blue line. The puck has the to... The puck has to go yeah. first. So the point of it has, has to, to cross ha- the blue line. Yeah, the point of it has to have the puck at that point. Right. So when they get to the blue line, you know exactly where it should be. Okay. But can can once it gets past the blue line, can it go backwards? No. Uh, if it leaves the blue line, everyone has to leave the blue line and then get back. So literally the per- the point of the flying V has to carry the puck across the blue line uh-huh. until everybody gets across the blue line. Yeah. This is seems like a flawed play. Yeah. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. We, before we were like, flying V is unstoppable. Yeah, but. Why don't you use that in every single play? No, now, now we're hockey fans. The Krakens are coming, okay? I'm going to be really disappointed if it's not the Krakens. If it's something stupid like the. The octopuses. Ice. <laughs> the maple leaves. The Louisiana Blues. <laughs> I feel so sorry for Minnesota. What's theirs? The Wild. Oh, the Wild. <laughs> what? I like the Vancouver Canucks because uh-huh, it's just yeah. like the Vancouver Canadians. Yeah. Uh, no, no, that's the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> Thank you very much. Canucks means Canadian. I know, though. but we have the Montreal Canadiens and the Vancouver Canucks. We couldn't come up with a better name for Canada. Nope, <laughs> they're apparently, just Canada. Yeah. Well, the Winnipeg used to be have the Jets. <laughs> they were the most in- innovative name in all of Canada. Pittsburgh Penguins. I almost was like quack quack, but penguins don't quack. They're just that's there. Here you go. No, they tap dance. Dang it. Okay, <laughs> missing link. Oh wait, no. Can we just talk about Happy Feet instead? One or two. <laughs> one. Okay. I've only seen the first one. Happy Feet. I'm not. I can't say I've seen the Happy Feet. <gasps> George Miller, your boy. Yeah. I don't think he's one of your boys. I mean, he's not. But I like his movies. I think you like... Two? Two of his movies. Two. Two. And they are the same franchise. Yes. They might even be the same film, just 20, 30 years apart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you do it right... <laughs> Why do anything else? <laughs> If you remake the same film and it's good every single time and we don't care, just keep going for it. Yep. So the horror movies are doing. I will say, so I said the sentence earlier that I kind of like this film. And I don't, I don't dislike it. So I'm trying to. Do you kind of like this film? Ah, I'm trying to figure out what it is that I actually responded to in this movie because... It's not the main relationship, though I did like that character a lot. It, it it might be the art and the animation. I did, as I said, think this movie was really beautiful. I actually enjoyed 
the movie when it got to its final sequence. And not to spoil what the final sequence is, but some of it is in the trailer. And while it's there, the movie tends to come together a little bit more. The, the jokes land a little bit faster, or a little bit more. Um, the plot clips along. I actually really like the ending sequence and how everything there. I think that was really innovatively choreographed and really well animated. And you could see that they're using their art. They're using their art form to its maximum. And I really appreciate the back third of this film. Getting there was a little bit of a schlog. And what it what the film wants to represent as a moral or message, if it even has one, is is quite limited. But you know. This has the eleventh Oh, when you're when you're ready, we can play a game. Okay, well let's play a game because the I don't think I have anything else to say about uh, Missing Link. It was fine. I will probably have it rated too highly on my list this year just because of the animation, which I really like. I have it above the Lego Movie too. Oh, I'd rather watch that this over the Lego Movie too. Interesting. I don't, know. I don't think I've ranked it officially yet. I wanted to have this conversation to like suss out my feelings a little bit more. All right, this one's gonna be hard. Okay. Okay. So it's worst wide openings, and we're going to do saturated 3,000 plus, because Missing Link is number 11 Ooh. of worst wide openings. So Josh, okay, name the top 10. Oh man. <clears throat> top. So this is like box <laughs> office bombs. Yeah. Um, okay. Because so, okay, the ones that we think of as box office bombs aren't actually that big because like John Carter made a lot of money just not a lot compared to its uh, box office so it was considered one of the worst box office failures of all time just not compared to like the Pirates film yes <laughs> okay um what are some big box office is is like is a Battlefield Earth on there it is not okay uh... <laughs> I couldn't find it when scrolling down. Okay, so I gotta not think of bad movies. No. I gotta think of mostly like forgotten movies. Yeah, let me know when you want a hint. I want. I, I'm gonna need some hints. <laughs> okay, we're I, gonna start at ten. Okay, we need to stretch this uh, episode out. Great, perfect. <laughs> we're only at forty minutes. Yeah, this is great. Okay, mm. so eleven was Missing Link. Yes. Poor Missing Link. All right, so this is an animated film okay. from 2015. 2015 animated. It gets mentioned on the episode, the podcast Blank Check a lot, but more in the earlier times because of its producer and writer story credit of George Lucas. Oh, it's uh, something magic. Mm -hmm. um, primary? Practical? It's no. not like... Strange. Strange magic. Strange magic. There it is. Ding! Yeah. It's opening weekend was 5,500. This was the first year that Disney released a film every month. This was their January release. Or the February release? It was one of the two. It was Strange Magic was January 23rd. There you go. 2015. Yep. I don't know what this film is, Josh. <laughs> it stars Eddie Murphy. Is it Ask Bill? No. Is it A Thousand Words? Is Ask is Bill it... a real film? A Meet Dave. Is that what it is? Meet, Meet Dave, Dave is on here. Oh. It's on here somewhere. Yeah, Meet Dave! Meet Dave is number six. I did it! I got there! But we got another one we gotta deal with. Is it with. A Thousand Words? I'm gonna just start reading Wikipedia. I'm gonna start reading okay. Wikipedia. Sorry, I was just guessing terrible Eddie Murphy films. Blah, blah, blah is a 2009 comedy film starring Eddie Murphy directed by Carrie... Kurt Patrick, and written by Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson. It centers on the relationship between a workaholic father, Murphy, and his daughter, Olivia Yara Shahidi, whose imaginary world becomes a solution to her father's success. Would you like the plot? <laughs> I, I mean, I know, I know what this movie is, I just don't know the name of it, because, yeah... So what is she using? She's using her... Imaginary... Okay, just places? shorten that. Shorten that Imagination. No. Imagine. You're, okay. Imagine TV. What's, what's... Imagine... What's over there? What is... Chair. Th what's that? What's... What, what Imaginary, is... What imagine is, room? What's Imagine this? house? What are... Imagine... Shh, listen to the clues! What are this? What is those? What are these? What is... That? Imagine yeah! That. <laughs> 
he did it ding uh and it's uh opening weekend it made five thousand five million five hundred thousand and three wow all right I'm just really glad that I've got Meet Dave. Like, I got that one out of the way. All right. Jack Galifianakis comes back to the fold oh, here. Oh, no. Zachy Gal. Is this it... is from 2016. We saw this film in theaters together. Not opening weekend. What Galifianakis film did we see? It has some... The most famous person in this film now is a superhero. Actually, this guy... There, there's a guy who might be more famous because of a TV show. But the one that I know and like the most is a superhero lady. Superhero lady? Yeah. Brie Larson? No. Uh, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot, Zach Galifianakis, 2016... Man, that should really put a lot of things together for me. Um, um what was What are with those angry males over there? Those those angry males. Yeah, angry. Like they're kind of they're not like happy. They're a little mad. Mad and mm. males. There's not just one male. Mad Men? Mad. The television show? Whoa. John Hamm. Okay. John Hamm is in this movie too? <laughs> oh! Oh! It's um it's keeping up with the Joneses? Yeah. That was uh, 5,461,000. Man, that movie was so not memorable, but I didn't hate that movie. Guess what, Josh? Yeah. Another film I don't know. Okay, here we go. Okay, so Anna Ferris, Chris Evans are the stars. It is, um, what's your number? Wow, good job! Yeah. Ding! <laughs> that one, that one's right here. That made 5,421,000. So you got me, Dave, at number six. All right. Now this one. This is a, uh... This has a gimmick to it. Okay. Okay. Is it Hardcore Henry? Very good! Oh, just from the gimmick! Yeah! It's opening week. It made 5,107,000. Nice. Alright, here you go. Okay. This is a Bradley Cooper film! Is it the, is it the cooking one? Yep. Burn? Ver burnt! Burnt. Very Sorry. good, with 500 million. Alright, this next one. Uh, I think Dick Nickelodeon made this. <laughs> okay, is it is it a, is it a Dragon Ball? No. Is it a what? Dragon Nickelodeon made the Dragon Ball movie. That was. It wasn't Cartoon Network. No. What? Just, uh, they made Funimation. Nickelodeon Studios oh, is the producer okay. of the Dragon Ball movie. Oh, the live action one. Yes, that's well, what, yeah. That sorry, one doesn't exist. Sorry, Josh. so Why sorry. Why are you bringing up a film that doesn't exist? Because the one of the which of these films exist <laughs> in the world, Kylie? <laughs> What's your number? Apparently, yeah. Um. Okay, I'm gonna. Uh. So this is a 2012 American teen dark comedy. Written by Max Werner and directed by Josh Schwartz. It stars Victoria Justice, Jane Levy, Thomas Mann. Is this called Prom? Nope. No. It okay. is. That's Disney. It's okay. the second time Nickelodeon film received a PG-13 rating since Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging, which was released straight to DVD in the U.S. two, two years before Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Great. Um. The poster has kids sitting on a sidewalk. Uh, oh, it's is this like it's about. It's, you might describe it's about like Halloween. You maybe? might describe a candy this way. It's it's sweet. <laughs> Is it about Halloween? Are they trick or treating or some nonsense? I don't, I don't know this film, it's Josh. It's like something night, right? Like no. oh shoot. So um, like I see this not, poster. It's not, it's not a it's not a king size. Okay, oh, it's bite size. Nope. Uh, <laughs> A it's, little bigger than bite size. Uh, queen size? A little uh, smaller. J Joker size? Our, we're not having a good time. We're having a fun time. Fun, fun size. size. Fun sized. Oh. Ah. All right. This film also. I remember trailers for this film. Oh, okay. It's a 2000 film. This might exist. Oh, from the year 2000. Okay. Crane our minds backwards. Okay. Okay. Um. um let me get the <laughs> Wikipedia up. Um, it's an American, a 2000 American drama fantasy film adaptation of the second book in a five book children's fantasy series, The Dark is Rising by Susan Cooper. This is the second book of the series? Yeah. Is it the second film I of the series? I think it's the first one. Oh, okay, great. Eccleston is in it. Eccleston. Ian McShane. 
Alexander Ludwig of Hunger Games. <laughs> what year was this? 2000? 2007. Oh, 2007. Yes. Okay. That doesn't help, but okay. <laughs> so somebody's trying to capitalize on the, like, Chronicles of Narnia money here. Uh-huh. It uses a Harry Potter term. And the... And the is not specific to Harry Potter. This tech this term is technically not specific to Harry Potter. Philosopher's stone. Think about if I said the. I mean, if I said this word, you'd be like, "Oh, look, Harry Potter." Sorcerer. No. Um, chamber. No. Uh, order. Stop thinking about the titles. Oh, it's a term within the books. Wizard. It's much more important in the first one, and then as the series goes on, we stop. Caring about Quidditch as much. Quidditch. <laughs> it's not Quidditch. Sports. Magic sports. Broom. Broomstick. I uh, gave you the hint of Quidditch. Bludger. Um, Keep going. Quaffle. Chaser. Seeker. The Seeker. <laughs> great, the Seeker. The Seeker. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. We the got Dark there. is Rising. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, great. Perfect. Um, And our last one. Oh. I read this book. It is based off a... A teen book. Okay. I it's got Logan Learman. Okay. Clark Gregg. Oh, okay. Tim Blake Nelson. Luke Wilson. Oh shoot. It's about owls. The Guardians of Kahul? <laughs> <laughs> no. That is also about owls. But it doesn't have any of those other things. It doesn't have Luke Wilson in it now, does it? It is about owls. Yeah. What, what year is it from? Uh, 2006. Okay. Ooh. This is the first time I ever saw Logan Learman, and I was like, this boy's gonna get famous. And then, he kinda did. So, like, baby Logan. Yeah. Charlie. But not his youngest Logan. Right. <laughs> Charlie, what is this movie? Can you tell us? So, it's about, like, it's about, like, part a park that has owls in it and they're trying to tear down the owl sanctuary and these kids are gonna stop it there's three of them there's logan learman who's supposed to be like the well-to-do captain america type oh. boy and then there's a girl who's a little bit feistier she's kind of like black widow but like she's got a good heart i don't think i've heard and then there's movie. like the beach bum but he's a teen so he's a little bit more okay i don't think i've heard of this movie ever <laughs> <laughs> what is this movie hoot Is this in the, like, how to eat fried worms category of movies? <laughs> or, like, because of Winn-Dixie? What does that mean? Like, I don't know, children's-ish films based on novels? <laughs> the Bridge to Terabithia worlds? Uh, the Bridge to Terabithia is a terrible film. Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> Disney was like, oh, we can't put any of the themes from the book into this. So we'll just make a... We'll just put Josh Hutchinson in it. Yeah, and, it'll, and, and that girl. Anna young, young Sophia Rob? Young, is she Young Carrie? Anna Sophia Rob. Yeah, there you go. You did it. <laughs> Alright, Hoot. Hoot. Who, who out there has heard of Hoot or read the book of Hoot or seen the movie Hoot? It's, it's, I've definitely never seen this movie, but it's not vaguely out of my brain. <laughs> but I would have... Actually, after you telling me the cast of it, I might be on board to see this movie. It's not a very good movie. And it's opening weekend. It made 3,386,000. That's not good. <laughs> well, Missing Link, you're in some special company. Yeah. Do you think uh, this will go down as like a Hands of Stone level episode for us? Where we'll look back and say, why did we do this? Yeah, maybe. I understand why we did this. Yeah. Um, because like, we had something else planned, but they were we were like, more time. Yeah. And so then we pushed it back to an unknown date. I may have, had I put together when Little was coming out, mm -hmm. I may have said, let's see Little. I saw Little. Did you see, it was, was it good? You know, it, was, it wasn't like bad. Nice. It's, 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 it's a, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a very like middle of the road comedy. Nice. You sit down, you have a great time. People in front of Sylvanas said, I bet we're going to be the only people in this film. And she said, nope, there'll be at least three other people. <laughs> Fair enough. We went and saw it. I walked in 15 minutes before the showtime, and then the guy walked in after me and started cleaning the theater. <laughs> oh, I gotta love AMC. At least they cleaned it. Yep. 
I talked with one guy, so Anne was in the restroom, and I was talking with one guy for a little bit about, because he's the guy that was that's actually very friendly that works there, and like every time he's like, did you enjoy the movie? Is he the ticket taker? Yes. He's my best friend. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I usually put my, like, I when they rip my ticket at the front, yeah. I take that ticket and it goes into a pocket. And it's never seen from again. Ah. And then usually I like, if I go buy like a, and that's what I do when I'm going to go buy like a snack or fill up my water bottle. Right? right. And then I like walk over and I'm like, I don't know where my ticket is. And he's like, ah, you're fine. Yeah. Um, he was talking to him and he's apparently been working at that theater for 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. He was kind of excited when Regal closed because their business picked up a lot. He was excited of how busy it was. Um, last night when I went and saw the movie, and I was like, so is uh, AMC ever going to make any improvements? And he's like, we're really hoping. We just, we want the traffic to stay high so they keep seeing the need, and, and we know that Fairchild has a lot of draw, but we lo- we so appreciate you guys that come here all the time. And I was like, oh, buddy, like, I appreciate you. You're yeah, kind. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about Fairchild opening. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's, it's up by Southridge. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure how much business it will take away, uh-huh. because Queensgate Theater is not all that far from AMC. Yeah, I think that I think that the Kenwick one, at most, would take away Pasco. Yeah, I Be- think that's true. Because where I live, where I live, I'm the same, not distance, but the same time from Pasco... AMC and essentially that one. It takes me about the same amount of time to go to any yeah. of those. So like <clears throat> for me, the Pasco one, like the Kenwick one, might draw me away from the Pasco one. Yeah. Well, for me, it will just be what what are they playing? Like who's playing what? You mm-hmm. know, and and then being able to go afford. Like that's the thing is like I don't love Queensgate's pricing. So like there are movies over there that I would see that are not playing at AMC. But I'm like, do I like twelve to thirteen dollars? Want to go see that movie? I guess, mm-hmm. or can I just wait till it comes out on streaming and digital? No, I needed to see Arctic. I mean, that's <laughs> fair. That is that like Arctic. I would have gone and seen Arctic For me, is a it's... film that I needed to be in a theater where yes. I can't like look at something. No, Arctic is one of them that I would have if I didn't have a chance to see that out of town. I would have seen it here in a theater. It's something like The Best of Enemies. Where I'm like, I kind of want to see this movie, but also, do I $13 kind of want to see this movie? Also, why did you not open an AMC? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. All right, let's play the Planet Hollywood game. Wait, we already played a game. Oh, okay. No more games. We're done. Episode done. No, we don't get to do this card. Whatever it is, we're not doing it. We'll do it next time. Oh, this would have been perfect. Oh, well, next time. Oh, okay. There you go. But now you have the home field advantage. No, I'm just going to put it over here. What is it? Do you want to play? No, it's fine. Play your dumb game. No, it's fine. It wouldn't have been perfect because I misread the card. I read courtroom as cartoon. It would not have been perfect. What are some movies you would be embarrassing with your parents? I can just name any film. Movies? Yeah. All of them? Seven. Sicario. Shaun the Sheep. Your Name. We're Back. Holes. Goosebumps. Good Burger. Freaky Friday. Finest Hours. Great, you win. <laughs> Alright, I win. Hey, everybody. Um, if you want to join this conversation, and why wouldn't you? You can do so at friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Leave us a five-star review, or any star review, as well as hit that subscribe button. <laughs> And that helps us get new listeners. You can also find us on Facebook at Friend of a Friend Podcast. On Twitter at... Uh, DWT underscore podcast. YouTube. Sucks watch together. Tumblers. Sucks watch together. Letterboxd. Derby, ACT, and Kylie Gallagher. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Josh. Kylie. Quack, 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 quack.